Wine and Shine Podcast, Episode 5. You could be the most beautiful gazelle in the world. I don't know where gazelle came from, but you could be a beautiful antelope. You could be a beautiful antelope. And... (laughs) I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode five. Today, Liz and I are going to be talking about the media and how it really influences women and our perceptions of ourself, how we look, how we feel, um, and really our overall self-love. Absolutely. And I have to preface this by saying I'm a little under the weather. A little bit. So if I sniff, sorry, I just need to breathe. If she sounds a little stuffy. If I sound a little congested. That's why. Dealing with it. Yeah. It's on the mend. Yeah. You sound a lot better than yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday's actually what inspired this whole podcast. We had an aha moment in the car and really got us motivated to talk about the subject. Yeah. So yesterday we drove up to Cleveland and one of my really good friends, Brittany, is a photographer and she had a photo shoot with us. So we have a bunch of really awesome new photos that we're going to have coming for you on our blog. We made a great couple in the park. We did. It was kind of funny <laughs> because all of the photos we were taking were very, we were very close together. Like we our, have to be. We're friends. Yeah. We be like 10 miles apart. And we do love each other. Right. It's cool. But our, you know, our face, we, we even did this corny one where we made the heart shape with <laughs> our hands and the sun was shining through. It's and beautiful. people definitely thought we were taking engagement pictures. But I support that. Uh, me too. Also, scary clowns tried to photobomb. Yes. That there, should not be a trend. It should not. There was somebody there that was wearing a mask and walked behind us during one of our photos. I just don't get why people are into that. I don't know. They like to scare people. Yeah. Not no. cool. Not my cup of tea. But uh, yeah, so we were taking these pictures and after we were done, Brittany, you know, she'd come over from time to time and show us. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that would come out of our mouths most of the time was, oh, I don't look good in that one. Or my hair. Oh, I look pregnant in that one. And she said, Brittany's like, this is the worst part about being Mm -hmm. a photographer. And I was like, I've never thought about that. Here she is taking a shot that she's really proud of. And she thinks we look great. And she's like super jazzed. And she comes over to bring us like her piece, you know, her art. And we're like, oh, I look pregnant. I know. I mean, that's, I mean, she's used to it at this point, but like, how, you know, what a bummer for her. What's funny to me is she would say, I really loved that one. Like she could see the beauty in in these pictures. Yeah. And she could see, I remember at one point I said something about my hair because it kept blowing. It was really windy because we were by the lake. We're taking these pictures by Lake Erie and my hair was just flying everywhere. And of course I had stray frizzies and all of this stuff. And she said, I said something about how I I hated how it looked. And she was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I think it looks really great. I love the way that it looks super freeing. And I was like, you know what? How come we can't see these positive sides of ourselves? I take somebody else to point out something that can be super beautiful. And we never thought about the other person, what we thought about ourselves. Like I would look at a picture Mm -hmm. that you didn't like and I'd be like, you look great. And you'd look at a picture I didn't like and you'd say, you look great. Because we pick on that one. We only look for that one piece of ourself that we hate. Mm-hmm. I always know I'm looking directly at the midsection. Yep. And I'm looking directly at what my eyes are doing. Because they usually look. They were blinking a lot. <laughs> they're usually half closed <laughs> in pictures. But yeah. Or I look at my hair. I mm-hmm. see if my hair looks smooth. Those are the go-to things. And then we were listening to a really inspiring podcast on the way back. We love Katie Dale Bout. Yes. And really into Katie Dale about lately. We're interested to hear her and her friend Simi and their interactions and how they spoke with each other and when she had Simi as a guest on the show because we're like, oh, how does this, you know, these two people playing, how does that play out, you know, when two people are having a conversation like that? Yeah, so we kind of wanted to get some inspiration. And they both are really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to, well, she just posted an episode, the two of them together, because Simi 
was pregnant at the time. And I was just really drawn into her honesty and the way she just described her whole pregnancy process. And I thought that the way they conversed was just really authentic. So then I had, she had recorded a couple more with her in past episodes. And so those were the ones we kind of sought out and started listening to. And they talked a lot about body image and Mm -hmm. the way we view ourselves and how we always want to please others, which takes away from our own happiness. Mm -hmm. And again, hear me and Liz are in the car, like, nodding and just pausing. We paused we every did. 10 seconds, and I think. Like, yeah, I, I think this, 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 this would like, we'd elaborate on their points yeah. and how we thought it, you know, it affected us. Mm-hmm. Then we got a flat tire, but oh, then we kept trekking. Then we got a, yeah. So all of a sudden, while we're in the midst of just listening to this podcast and talking about our own life, the tire, what, what was it? Your back right tire blows. Ka-tunk, ka-tunk, ka-tunk. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. But yeah. thankfully a cop came and saved us. So that was nice. Just a little AAA detour. was going to be on the way, but we aren't. The good cop at a, found us first. We're not good on our car drive. Something always goes a, a muck. Uh, the last three times we've driven back from Cleveland together was in a fog. It was like a fog storm. Was, I don't know I don't how, know how, how to, to I don't know what it. to call it, but we were we couldn't see more than a, a car foot. length in yeah. front of us. And the other time was during a severe snowstorm. And now a flat tire. And then a flat tire. So, so yeah, it should be good. Yeah for future car rides. Like, we've done it all. Mm -hmm. But that brings us to our topic today. And we thought, you know, that's something we definitely share, our body positivity issues, you know, embracing who we are. Yes. And not judging our imperfections, but really honoring all of the wonderful things about us. It's so hard, though. And going off of episode three a little bit Mm -hmm. and the whole not dieting, you know, being okay with your body and As is. giving it what it needs. And if it looks a certain way, that's great. But if that's not what your body is meant to look like, mm-hmm. that's fine. So I think there's... And how the media really all plays into that topic and advertising right. and how all of that influences the way we we think about ourselves. But before we get into that, we have some wine. Some wine. Some yeah. yummy, delicious so wine. today we've got Charles Smith's Eve. It, again, was chosen by a cute bottle. At Fresh Time. At Fresh Time. We we know this. This is how all our wines will be selected. It is a Chardonnay, 2014, Washington State. Has a cute apple that has a bite out of it on the front. Yeah. So let's dig in, shall we? Yeah. Cheers. It's a little dry. It is. Not an oaky Chardonnay. Mm Mm-mm. Pear, apple... Maybe some melon, light light fruits. I get light pear. Fruit finish. I get a little dry with a hint of pear. Mm-hmm. But should it be apple? Because there's an apple on the front. I, I do get the apple. apple. I mean, I still I taste the apple. This is a little sourness of the mm-hmm. apple. Yeah, but I get the pear most. Hmm. I think it's good. It's okay. Inexpensive bottle. Well, Again, <laughs> our. Wines will be selected by price and bottle quality. Yeah, we really, uh, we should try to up the price a couple times. We'll maybe get to a a good 20 $20 or $30 bottle. Our Chateau de Cruzeau was a $25 bottle. Chateau de Cruzeau. Chateau de Cruzeau. (laughs) Flashback to episode one. Yeah. (laughs) No, I I guess um, I would drink it again. Mm -hmm. If I was going to somebody's house for dinner, I might bring it for myself. Yeah. On Vivino, where you can find this and all of our ratings, uh, Wine and Shine podcast, we are on Vivino. Vivino has it as a 3.4 is the average rating. I give it a 3.2. Well, the only thing is when we rate, it, we can't, do, we can't that. do that. So I give it a three. Just three? I do. I'm, a so- I'm okay with a solid three. Yeah. I'm not, imp- I'm not, not impressed, but kind of meh. There are some Chardonnays that I, I can't even think of one that I get, whatever I get at the restaurant. But I'll get a Chardonnay and I'll drink it down. I'm like, yep, totally can take these back. And this one, I'm like, yeah, I'll have a glass. But I, I'm not really interested in having more than that. Again, no. it's not terrible. So we'll rate that as soon as we're done recording. And yeah. give it a three. Let us know if you feel differently. Maybe you feel really strongly about Eve and you love it. Maybe it's not pear at all that we're tasting. And there's something else special with that apple. Holla. Ooh, just side note really quickly. Uh, Brittany, when she was taking our pictures, yes. she 
gave us what um a recommendation to Mook. take a wine Mook. Mook. Uh something it was open. It's a free wine class. Well, it was right? the website was like open source classes. So you can take classes That's from so cool. on a variety of different topics. Like I was looking today, they had a bunch of marketing ones. And but a wine class was one of them, and you could follow along. She said she struggled to smell. Yeah, pick up on this, use her senses to pick up on the different tones of we haven't even we've not tried a glass to smell the I can't smell right now. So well, yeah, you can't. I'm gonna smell it really quick. I don't know. Yeah, I honestly I don't know what to take out of that. So Mook is something that I'm interested in checking out because. It's a free class that yeah. teaches me how to do wine tastings. I think that I'm all about it. So maybe next episode, we'll have a little bit more insight. Yeah, insight on how to rate the wines. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, let's get into our topic today because I'm really excited about this one. Yeah, so to start off today's topic, I'd like to recommend a documentary on Netflix if you have access to that or anywhere else you can acquire it. Misrepresentation. So it covers a lot of the issues of how women are portrayed in the media, but from a more political perspective. So it's all about how women are portrayed in a certain light so that then they focus on how they're not meeting that standard and then are so preoccupied with getting to that standard so that they can feel loved and accepted by their peers or men or society or whoever Mm -hmm. that they then don't seek to run for public office, don't, you know, join executive boards, Mm -hmm. don't seek positions of power. Ours, I don't think we're going to get into the political realm quite in that way. Political aspect, but really about how... the influence as a whole and what it does to women. I watched a little bit of it with you today. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I have actually never seen it. But the beginning, uh, the part that really hit home with me was they were giving statistics about how much TV young women watch or young teenagers. Teenagers, yeah, in general. And how the TV and media portrays what women should be. Like they should be these... Leggy blondes. Yeah, stick figure, big, big boobs. Yep. <laughs> um, long, flowing hair, makeup, perfect facial structure. Big lips. Uh, boys should be drawn to them. And young girls can't, they see all of this and they don't have the maturity yet to be able to process and understand that that isn't real life yet. Right. Or to, they just want to emulate that, but they can't. And there isn't often an adult that is able to have the conversations. Obviously, an adult cannot be with them across all of their internet searching Mm -hmm. journey and the magazines they're looking at in school or whatever. Or the girls they're talking to in school. I teach middle school. I see it and hear it all the time. They don't have a role model saying, hey, you're looking at this Mm -hmm. and that's fine, but you have to know this isn't a live live or die by the standard Mm -hmm kind of thing. Like there's flexibility. People are different. No one, no role model is having that conversation with them or very rarely. I was really drawn to the, the very beginning. Didn't she say she kind of started this documentary because she got pregnant with a, with a girl. Right. And it really made me think because I know the stories and we'll get into this a little bit later, but I know the stories that I went through regarding self image and what I thought I needed to be or what I thought boys wanted me to be. And I don't want my future daughter to go through those things. You know, I want to prep her and I want to teach her that she's beautiful just the way she is. And yes, it's okay to do things for your body that make you healthier and that make you feel stronger or make you feel more empowered or just make you feel good about yourself. But ultimately, like you were made perfectly. You are beautiful. And I just, I don't want outside forces to kill that part of these young women or my future daughter. Absolutely. Because when children are very young, they're not born with that feeling. No child Mm -hmm. at age three is having those feelings of inadequacy. It comes much later. I mean, not much, actually not much later. It comes, I would say, you know, seven, eight. They were showing um, beauty pageants, like young, young girls and beauty pageants. And I'm not going to say... 
I guess I don't even know anybody personally that has done beauty pageants for their daughter. And, you know, maybe that little girl loves it. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe that little girl feels so special and so brave doing these beauty pageants, but it just even starting that young and just saying, you need your hair to be curled and done. You need to have this makeup on. You, you need, need to have, have the these fake big, teeth. Yeah, I was just going there. You need to Ball have these slashes. big teeth. You're going to get judged on how perfect you are and how well you do this. I see both sides. I see how it can be empowering women really and how it can help build self-confidence. But at the same time, I can also see how it's really ruining female self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about pageants. I don't know either. I'm inclined to think I don't love them. I know that I'm not going to It's have, not for me. Yeah, I know that I'm not going to have a daughter one day if I have a daughter one day and not put her in a pageant. But if, <coughs> what if my daughter comes up to me and says, I really want to do this? Because I actually, I was in a pageant. Well, it was Little Miss Uniontown. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Uniontown, Ohio. Aww. But I remember going to my mom and dad and being like, I really want to do this pageant. And all I had to do was dress cute. I had to memorize a poem. I had to like sing a song, you know, because I was all into the performing. Mm-hmm. So, but that was my choice. My parents weren't like, yes, you know? So something in me wanted to do that. And honestly, I think it was for myself, like my little second grade self at that time. I just wanted to experience it. And I wanted to be up on stage and... So I'm thinking if there are women that are little girls that have that sort of like passion, performing passion in them, then then go do it to it. I think you have to have as a parent the right conversation. Yes, you're And right. say, you're wonderful the way you are. I'm so proud of mm-hmm. you. You're absolutely beautiful and smart and talented and capable. The people that are performing are also all of those things. They're mm-hmm. very beautiful little girls. And the people that are judging them may see things differently than I see them or your father sees them or you see them. Mm-hmm. And so it's it might be a different opinion. It might have a different outcome. You may not win, but it doesn't mean that you're not beautiful and special. That was really beautiful, Liz. <laughs> like it seriously touched me. I was I was just imagining myself as a young a young child. And I actually did win. <laughs> oh, yay. Good job. Little Miss Uniontown. I didn't I know actually, that. Yeah, I did. I have a little tiara in my house still. My and sister I, was Miss Montpelier. Really? Uh-huh. Me and Gretchen. I got to ride I in my this. dad's convertible in the parade. And I got to crown the next Little Miss Uniontown the year after. It was actually really fun. So, yeah, I guess I can see the pros and cons when it comes to, I guess, beauty pageants. And and young girls and women wanting to express their that side of themselves, right? There's nothing wrong with also wanting to feel beautiful and pretty and, you know, confident about who you are. The issue I have in the mainstream media is that what is and is not attractive is being determined by a bunch of old white men mm-hmm. because <laughs> those major media conglomerates don't have the kind of board diversity steering their business. They don't have women in leadership positions or enough women to help shape the conversation in a way that's more female inclusive. Can you give me an example of like a brand you're thinking of as far as this goes? So one of the, you know, they're going through all the different conglomerates and I can't remember. I only remember Fox's because it was such a large skew. I got you. Okay. But Fox News... If you look at their female anchors, and of course, recently, they in particular have had issues of uh, sexual harassment, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing in their actual culture at Fox. If you look at their anchors, you know, they're always sitting, it doesn't matter if it's December, they're in sleeveless dresses, Mm -hmm. always, you know, sitting on the couch with their legs up. And I would say that's the case with most news channels. You see a lot of very, I mean, I don't want to say provocatively dressed women, but you know, they're they're showing off yeah. assets that they have. And if you look at Fox's board, there's only one woman on the board of directors for Fox, at least as of when, I don't know if this is, this was as of misrepresentation. That was the statistic that was used. So this could be different now. Granted, I think it's a few years old. My point being that the direction and those decisions about how women are portrayed, how their female anchors are portrayed, are made by are men. being shaped by fifteen men, mm-hmm. not and and one woman. And what voice can one woman have? 
They've said in terms of a board of directors, you really need to get closer to that 50-50 mark for women to be heard because one woman is a token, two is still a minority. Usually once you start getting to three or more, that's when you start seeing them shape and form policy. What has made us decide that women need to be a certain way for men to be drawn to them? What made us decide that, and I'm at fault too, because when I watch TV shows or when I see a public figure, if they're not dressed nicely, or maybe there's a difference, I guess, between being dressed nicely or having to have your hair perfectly placed and have a skinny dress on with your boobs showing and your arms bare. You know what I mean? Maybe there's two different things I'm talking about, but I just don't know what has made us come to that. I think at its core, again, this is just going off of what I've read and the things I've watched. So it's it's probably very biased in one way. And I would love to hear any kind of alternative mm-hmm. perspective on this. But in misrepresentation, they say that most of the most females will naturally just watch television. It's not hard to get women to watch television. They just will do it. Mm -hmm. What they struggle with is getting men typically in the 18 to 34 age range to watch television. They're doing other things. So what they're doing is they're getting some eye candy for Mm -hmm. them to be drawn to the television. So when they will watch, they will watch their channel. So that's part of it. Also, I think if you are trying to appeal to men of that age range, women... From a very primal perspective, this is obviously very ancient and mm-hmm. is not true today. But I think a lot of men historically view women as, you know, we are supposed to bear children. We are supposed to be there for their physical enjoyment. That And we are not necessarily a leader in the conversation. Right. And not we equals, are just kind of passive. We subservient to men, Mm -hmm. taking care of their needs and their family. And obviously that's still important. an old tradition. Yes. It it is. It still is. I still see it in certain generations. But it also means that from, if you're trying to appeal to men and the primal, appeal to men in that age range on that kind of primal level, you're not going to show older women because they're not in their child rearing years. Yeah. You're not going to show unattractive women. You're going to show women that fit that very primal desire. Mm-hmm. I think that um, that might be reading into it a little too much, but I think that's how they're keeping or attempting to keep men's eyeballs on the screen. Well, sex sells. Is that? I mean, absolutely. We know that. Because it, it sells for me. I mean, if I go to Victoria's Secret and I'm walking by and I see the model in this beautiful black lacy bra, am I more drawn to buy that beautiful black lacy bra? Yeah, I look at it. I'm like, oh, that looks super cute. What if I saw that? And I'm even embarrassed to say this because this is another way that the media has gotten into my mind. What if I saw that beautiful black lacy bra on somebody that wasn't a size two with a completely flat stomach and perfectly shaped boobs? Would I want to buy the black lacy bra? I don't know. It's interesting because... And I hate that. I hate I that know. about myself. It's not It's not our fault though. And we can't be made to feel it's bad about that. It's been ingrained in our brains since we were little girls, since we were born. I mean, like you said, it's learned, mm-hmm. right? I, it's on TV. It's on the magazines. Our moms, they even take... When they took us shopping, I mean, what else are we... It's Barbies. Look at Barbies. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember her name. Ashley something... And she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And she's a plus-size model. And I wouldn't... She's not a big woman. I would say maybe like 12 or 14. She's very extremely beautiful. People were upset about it. I think I remember this going around. And yes. I remember being very angry about it. But the problem is, you know, we are so used to seeing these airbrushed, photoshopped, non-existent realistic. women. Mm-hmm. And them on the covers of magazines... Men are thinking that's what we should look like. We're thinking that's what we should look like. We're so used to seeing that day in and day out that when we see a normal, quote unquote, normal body, it does we not, don't know how to handle it. Yep, it does not look natural. Natural. And uh, I realized, and I don't know if you noticed this, but Target came out with some swimsuit lines this past season. And I remember seeing a couple of the girls modeling the swimsuits and thinking they looked very average. 
in a good way. As mm-hmm. in, I saw this girl and I was like, you, you look like me. I was like, your midsection looks like mine. I think Target in particular is doing a lot more for that realm, for appealing to people. Of in, all body types? Yes, because they have had several really big air, like Photoshopping issues uh-huh. where they like cut off people's arms and stuff. It was very obvious they were Photoshopping. Yeah. So I think part of that is damage control, which brings me to my point mm. that I, I, I support businesses getting on this trend of people embracing their bodies because I think that's a very important thing. I only support it though if it comes from a genuine place and if that's actually a part of the business's value system. And vision. Yes. So like you're saying Target, I I didn't know that story that you just Mm -hmm. told me. So you're saying Target did that because they kind of dug themselves in a hole. Right. And now they're trying to say, oh, no, no, wait, we value all body types. So So we're going to put somebody who's not a size two and maybe a size six. Mm -hmm. So I think it, I think businesses should make that decision based on the fact that it's something they value and not just because it's kind of trendy right now and that they think it'll sell because that's, that's not a good altruistic you know, corporate social responsibility kind of motive. I would absolutely support those companies. If I had a go-to store or like three or four go-to stores that I felt were embracing all women's bodies and, you know, not just like targeting the size zero through six on their mannequins, I would feel so much more comfortable going in there and feeling like I'm purchasing clothing from a good place and that I'm supporting a good place. A I don't know of, what, like, do those exist? Allow me to give you some examples. Please. Because I've looked up. Let oh, me, look at you. Let me pull my little computer over here. Yeah. So actually, a lot of the retailers are online. So that, for it's kind of problematic for me because I don't love to buy my clothes online. Also, some of them are a little more expensive. So I think we have to say, what do we value? Yeah. Do we want to contribute our consumer dollars to a system that is making us feel terrible about ourselves and completely ruining women? Or do we want to spend our consumer dollars? Because wherever the money goes, that's where that's when things will change. If enough people actually put their money where their mouth is and start buying into these businesses. You're right. Because if people start saying, I don't support what you're doing and I don't wait like the way you're objectifying women or the way that you're only calling to one certain body type, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. Mm-hmm then there's going to be a huge shift in just society and the way women are starting to think about these concepts. For example, Victoria's Secret. Now, I I hesitate to... I don't want to put down Victoria's Secret because they're a huge part of Columbus's economy as they're based here. Yes. And I have historically shopped there for many things. I was just going to say that it's hard for me... Because even as we started talking about this, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm thinking, yes, I completely agree. Um, I'm running low on underwear right now. Right. We're, and honestly, the underwear I want to buy is at Victoria's Secret because I just really like their underwear. And I know the size I want. And I know I can get my 5 for 25 and roll out. But then now that we're talking about this, I'm thinking, ooh, do I want to support that? But also, I like some of their products. So I'm torn because is it more about how we decide to interpret these ideals within ourselves and how they reflect upon us and our mental health and our body image of ourselves? Or do we need to take things a step further like you're saying? And do we need to say, you know what? I need to shop at places that are supporting my own beliefs. Maybe it's not you completely cut out Victoria's Secret. Maybe it's you alternate. So what I was going to say was a lot of business has been lost by Victoria's Secret to Aerie. American mm-hmm. Eagles brand because they that. have a very active real body campaign called Airy Real. They don't Photoshop. They've made a commitment to not Photoshop. They use a lot of That makes models. me feel so happy just with you saying that. You just saying that made me go next week when I need to go buy my underwear, I'm going to go check out Aries first. Yeah, consider just it. being aware of and that concept. Maybe, so maybe it's you buy from Victoria's Secret and then you next time you buy from Aerie or like 60% of the time you buy from Aerie. It doesn't have to be... It's really hard to live a life where you're like, I'm not going to ever buy because the amount of research you have to do when shopping to make to see where your clothing is coming from... Is intense. It's, it's a lot. So 
don't make it harder on yourself and don't beat yourself up because you're not buying like all body positive clothing. Well, and- Just try to sprinkle it in and try to support those businesses so they see their their business grow. And the more you restrict yourself in that sort of sense, the more you're just going to cause yourself all of this mental stress. Like I'm not, I'm not holding up to my own beliefs and I'm, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm such a terrible person that yeah. I decided to buy a bra at Victoria's Secret. It's not the end you of know? the world. Yeah. So some other stores that we would suggest checking out or online retailers, whatever it might be, is Modcloth, which I see their advertisements all the time. And I personally have not purchased from them, but I always think the Facebook ads are very cute. Modcloth? Yes. We'll link it in the show notes. Link it in the show notes. And Reb Dolls, which I really enjoyed looking at their website. And we looked at it a little before we started. It was just... It wasn't like this is the plus size website. I love Lane Bryant. I love Torrid. Mm -hmm. I think that there absolutely needs to be clothing stores for the plus size market. And I I don't... But at the same time, I don't like how we separate out normal clothes and plus size clothes. These are for the quote unquote skinny girls. And these are for the quote unquote plus size girls. You know, that's just... Why do we have to do that? Right. So Reb Dolls has... If you look at their website, you will see... A lot of really cute clothes, pretty affordable. I would say more affordable than mod cloth. I, I tend to find my cloth a little bit expensive when I've looked at their stuff online. But just a sprinkling in of various different bodies. You'll see a thin model next to a curvy model. And it's very... We were looking at that today. Right, we were looking at it. It was wonderful to see that. It just makes you feel better about yourself. Like, okay, thank you for valuing the fact that all of us are different. And it looks like looking into a realistic, like if I were at a day at Cedar Point or something and I looked out into a crowd, that's what These I would are see. The people you would sprinkling. See. I wouldn't see 85,000 size two, eight foot models. Right, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't see that. Mm-hmm. I would see a variety of shapes and sizes and they would all be wonderful people. And that's what I saw when I looked on their website. So I have, again, full disclosure, I've not bought from Mogcloth or Reb Dolls. Neither of us have. I've bought from Airy. I don't know if you have or not. I have, I don't think I have. I've switched exclusively to Airy. Really? I, I you know, I'm going to, I'm honestly needing to go shopping next week for uh, some undergarments. So I'm going to totally check out Airy. I'm not going to be stepping into Victoria's Secret next week. Victoria's Secret. But I think one thing that's interesting is and my question, I wonder why Why is it that we value women for their looks and not their brains or their kindness or their generosity? Why is it that that is the standard that we have chosen to glorify? I think that it has a lot to do with television. Because I'm even thinking back as far, um, as far back as middle school or no, elementary school. And watching Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel. Because I was in that whole, I wanted to be a star age at that time. You are a star. I I am In my eyes. And thanks, Liz. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, But the girls that were heads of these TV shows at that time, like Lizzie McGuire. I was going to say Hilary Duff. Or Miley Cyrus. Yeah, her name's not Lizzie McGuire. Hilary Duff. Miley Cyrus. Uh, All these girls that had these TV shows at that time, they were cute little skinny. Uh, beautiful girls, you know? And so we see this everywhere. Or even think about um, American Girl Doll, like the girls that promoted the American Girl Dolls on the commercials. They all had the same sort of look to them. And I specifically remember when I was younger, I'm, I think I've said this on another podcast episode, but I'm super short. I'm four nine. And I remember thinking that some of my other friends who were maybe a little bit taller than me, or had that typical, you know what I'm talking about, that typical like lean, just really skinny. Yeah, little younger, girl body. Yeah, little girl body. I really didn't have that. I mean, I developed really early. I did. I developed and like started developing in fourth grade. Uh, boobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just was a little bit, I don't know, curvier as a child. I mean, I wasn't obese or anything, but I really was. And I remember feeling bad about myself. And thinking I didn't look like some of my other friends or that I was the friend that always had to wear the pant size that was bigger or the medium shirt instead of the small shirt. And I was embarrassed about that. And it and the only way I would ever, it's not like my mom like ever said anything like, Nina, you're bigger than your friends. No, you know? but you can observe. Yeah, I observed that from saw. something. 
What did I observe that from? It had to have been television. It had to have been magazines I've seen. It had to be just, I don't know, people talk around me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny that you, so you had that problem and you developed early. Mm -hmm. I actually had the problem in that I developed later than everyone else. And so my body at the time that we're comparing to those stick figure little little mm-hmm. girls. Mary Kate and, and Ashley. Yeah, Mary that's Kate and another Ashley. One. Yep. When that's what the norm was, I had not, you know, what your body goes through changes and you get hips and, and your body is shaped differently post puberty, obviously, than pre. And so I had that little round butterball because it just hadn't like worked itself to the right It didn't figure ways. itself out yet. Yeah. No, but I was watching, I'm thinking of like, teen movies I watched and I can't think of any off the top of my head that I would have watched maybe like seventh, eighth grade where they would have been like high schoolers except they were all like 23 in real life. Right. I'm comparing myself to people that were in a totally different developmental That's stage. So raven. <laughs> <laughs> she was curvy or raven. She was. So that wasn't even Go a good raven. example. And so was her friend. So was, she had a redheaded friend. Yeah, she was cute. I forget her name. Anna, Annalise. That was, or was that I don't remember. Name? So that actually is a positive example yeah. of like a strong, young teenage but girl who was I rocking herself. I almost think that some networks do that just to say they have that. I agree. Just to say, I oh, agree. We, have, we have a black, curvy, independent woman. Guess what else? Hmm. Those roles are always the comedic roles. Yes. They're always the funny. Not to be taken seriously. Yes. So if it's somebody that has a little bit more curve to them or has a unique, diverse looking well, Melissa style. Melissa McCarthy, look at Bridesmaids. Exactly. They're the comedic role. So why can't they, why can't they be the... The heroine. Right. Or the popular lead gal, the Lizzie McGuire, you know? It's because as humans and when you examine consumer behavior... People don't buy products. I don't buy this bottle of wine here. I buy what I think that bottle of wine will make me become. I buy Liz with that bottle of wine. So people aren't buying those TV shows. They're buying how that TV show can impact their life and how they can shape Mm -hmm. their life to be more in line with it. You know what I'm realizing as we're talking about this? Hmm. So I love Pinterest. I... have an obsession maybe with Pinterest. And I pin aspirational boards and things that I vision for my future. But I've noticed my fashion board, I typically pin women that I aspire to look like. Mm -hmm. And all of those women are very fit, beautiful looking people. And is that, am I doing that? Because I don't know, all, all this stuff that we've been talking about Is that wrong of me to do that? Because it really makes me feel good. I feel good when I'm pinning these outfits or I'm pinning these um, new fitness routines and things like that. But then I also think on the other side, I'm doing it from a place now of self-improvement and of health and mental health and physical health and all of these things. I'm not really doing it because I feel like I need to absolutely look like this person in order to be happy. Right. I think we've talked a lot about how we need to somehow get to the place where we're feeding our bodies things that are good for it. We're taking care of it from an exercise standpoint. And what our bodies look like as a result is just what our bodies look like. And and stop going to this place where we're trying to aspire to be something that we actually may not be capable. You are never going to be five foot seven. It's just not in the cards for you. Not going to happen. I hate to break it. And it's You're not- right. My bone structure is a very medium bone structure. I have a, a pretty large rib cage. I am not going to be a size two. I just won't. I won't, not in a healthy way. Here's another, here's another side of the whole issue, I think, is saying what size is good for you and what size makes your body healthy is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And just embracing that. So I guess I'm torn between embracing who I am but also knowing that there's certain expectations I hold for myself and certain health standards I hold for myself and trying to balance like, I'm doing this for 
my overall wellness. I want to feel great. I want to have optimal energy. And I do want to look good. I do. But I'm not doing these things because I feel bad about myself, because I feel like I'm unworthy, because I feel like I'm not pretty enough, because I feel like I'm not good enough. It's the intention behind it. It's the intention behind it. I think that's exactly what it is. And the problem is if we go out and we look at any billboard or we go out and we're shopping for makeup or we're popping on a commercial or listening to the radio, there's so many ads and advertisements just flashing in our faces, telling us that there's something wrong with us that we need to fix. So that they can sell more. So that they can sell more. And yeah, and I think if if we're taking it from a standpoint of, you know what, I really, I just want to improve the pimples on my face, you know? And I want to seek out and look for this because I feel like it's something I want to improve in myself. Not, oh, I look, I look terrible. No other beautiful people have pimples on their chin. I need to fix this. There's something wrong with me. Right. You do it for you. You don't do it out of guilt or shame from a message that some company is giving you. Exactly. Because we are enough just the way we are. Agree. I mean, in our own way, and we can't use a standard, an arbitrary standard set up by people that want to make us feel inferior as our guide point Mm -hmm. for shaping how we live our lives. I agree. And I think that There absolutely is, there's absolutely ties between sometimes the way that we look and our health. That is something we have to admit. Like I know for myself, when I get to a certain point in my weight, maybe, I'm probably not feeding myself what I need to be feeding it. And I'm not saying I've gotten to a point where I need to be like, you're so fat and you're so ugly and you're so terrible. But when I don't feed myself nutritious foods, I put on weight that that probably isn't my natural body weight. Right. And that's and, where I'm at right now. And Absolutely. that is where I think... Now, again, is it anybody else's place to say, hey, Nina, you've put on some pounds and let's look at your diet. You're probably not eating things that are really great for you and nourishing your body and giving you energy and, and life. No, that probably isn't anybody else's place to say. It's my place to say, this is where I feel good and this is where I feel healthy and this is where I feel safe in my because body. Because you know your body. I because don't know, I know your body. my body. Right. And I know for a fact, I have some friends that either eat the same that I eat or maybe don't always eat as healthy as I eat and they're thinner than me. And so does that mean that they're healthier than me or that I'm healthier They're healthier than them? Not necessarily. It means that my body settles in this place and their body settles in another place. We cannot measure. First of all, someone else's health is not our business. Mm-mm. It's just not our business. Unless you are actively, unless, for example, I'm actively seeking out somebody to say, I don't feel great about myself right now. Can you help me? Can you take a look at my diet? Can you take a look at my lifestyle? Can you give me advice on how to improve and optimize my wellness? Right. But if nobody, if you're not asking that or nobody's asking for your opinion, you, that is not your place. It's not your place. And you cannot, you are not inside someone's body to know whether or not it's truly healthy. Exactly. And you are not aware of their genetic situation Mm -hmm. or potential diseases that they are battling that would cause weight gain. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. And so I think that's a big step. If you are looking for an easy step as a woman to take to help make this problem somewhat better is remember that as you judge women. Because I have found myself judging people. I'll look at, I I will be the first. It's a horrible thing. But you'll see, you know, maybe a woman struggling to, get in her seat in Mm -hmm. an airplane. And being overweight is the last socially acceptable prejudice. It is okay for me to give a knowing glance to a person across the aisle like, oh, can you believe that woman? I mean, like, it is sad. Why do we do that? But if there's anything you can do... Being aware of it. Being aware of it and stopping it. You can stop. Yes. I, I was just telling you the other day, I will be grocery shopping. I hate saying this. I hate even saying this. Yeah, but we have to be honest. We have to be honest about it. Because again, these are things that have been so ingrained in us since we were little girls that it's all about 
being aware of these things that we do and being conscious enough to say, I'm going to make this change. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be in the grocery store and I will look into people's carts and I will say, oh, okay, there's that girl wearing that cute yoga outfit and she looks like she's about to go work out. What's What's she buying? Or I'll look at maybe a family that may not seem on the outside that they are in as optimal of health or whatever. And I'll look and see what sorts of foods they're buying. I feel so embarrassed saying that, but I'm not proud of that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just something that I don't know, like society has made us do. Well, what it, I think what it is, is when you live in a society, which we, I feel as if we do, where our value is placed on our appearance, then I can look at a woman in particular, because we don't really compare ourselves to men. It's a different No, yeah, you're right. You can look at a woman and say, you look less like this standard than I do. Therefore, I am more willing of society's love and attention and recognition. And that is honestly a way that we feel better about ourselves. You're right. Is by looking at someone else and saying, I see apples to apples comparison and I look more the norm than you. So, so I must be doing something I must right. be doing something better and I boost my self-esteem in this way. And I'm ashamed to admit that I have done this for as long as I've known. And I'm, I was I'm really going, trying to get out of it. I was going to say that in high school, college, a little bit post-college, um, didn't even think that myself doing that was an issue. No. And it wasn't until recently in the past couple of years, I think that I've I've really gotten to this point in my life where I want to say, we all have shit. We all have backstories. We all are just doing the best that we can in this life. And I'm not going to judge you for how you look. I'm not going to judge you for what you decide to eat. I'm not going to judge you for your job, for the way you live your life, for the way you, you know, you and not your family your life. live. Because it's not my life. And I don't know what you're going through. And you don't know what I'm going through. When it all comes down to it, we're all just living this life the best that we can. And I it, I think it is a very mature place to be at when you can say, I do not need to compare myself to anybody else to, to find value in myself. To value my happiness or to compare. Yeah, exactly. I think we, both of us are in a much better place. Even I would say the past two years. Well, and here's what it comes down to. We're 27 years old. You know, you're turning 28 next month. Mm -hmm. We're almost 30 year olds. And this is stuff that we've learned just going through life. And we obviously are lucky to have, I guess, encountered some experience or to have met the people that we've met or read the things that we've read that have brought us to this awareness. How do we get this to happen to other girls sooner? How can we begin a shift of having women all over and young girls and older women just believe in these ideals sooner so that we can make a shift as a society. I think part of it is being brave and speaking out against it when we see it, which is really, really hard. But I think an important thing that I would like to start doing is holding the people that I care about accountable. Mm -hmm. And when someone starts trash talking, did you see her? Oh my God, like she ate four cupcakes and I was, I'm really concerned about her health. That's the moment for you, as awkward as it is, to say, say, hey, you know, we don't know what's going on. It's not really our place to judge. If if that person wants to eat four cupcakes, they can eat four cupcakes. Right. For all you know, they have an eating disorder and they haven't eaten in days and they're having a binge. Exactly. No. Or they could just feel super great about themselves. And and, love cupcakes like I do. Love cupcakes. (laughs) You know what I mean? I feel that I'm proud that the people I've been surrounding myself with lately have backed away from that sort of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Or that if somebody I know engages in that sort of conversation, I just remove myself. I don't feel, you know what it really comes down to? I don't feel like I have to do that or participate in the conversation. To feel accepted. To feel accepted. Yeah, I'm okay with saying, I'm not going to bash this person right now. I'm not going to talk down about somebody else's life choices because 
ultimately when we do that, it's just a reflection of something we're insecure about within ourselves. Right. And one thing, I mean, baby steps, I by no means have ever said that to anyone. But the place I'm at now, my baby step is, I just don't engage it. Yeah. When someone says it, I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. or I change the subject. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't acknowledge one way or the other. I certainly don't enable or agree. And then hopefully the next step is I get a little braver and I, I let them know that I'm not okay with that. Mm-hmm. I think also another thing that we can do is, you know, you, Nina, are in such an, a wonderful position to do something like this because you work with middle schoolers every single day. Sometimes I get a little burnt out. I'm not going to lie. With, with teaching middle school kids, I do because they have so many emotions and they have such great days and such bad days. And the one thing that really... Um, inspires me every day when I go to work. And it's hard to remember, I'm not going to lie, but I think I have so much to teach these kids. Mm -hmm. If I hear a girl talking bad about somebody else, I can go up there and be like, hey, Susie, let's think about why that maybe isn't the nicest thing you can say. Or let's talk about if somebody was saying that stuff about you. You know, I, you're right. Like we have the power to not only influence middle school children, but to influence the people around us or our friends or our families and just kind of say our two piece when we don't agree with something and we want them to see the other side or see or become aware of these topics. We have the power to do that. There's nothing wrong with voicing how we feel. Oh, absolutely. I cannot actually wait to, you know, one day I might be an aunt Mm -hmm. or maybe one day I will have my own daughter. I've already planned the beauty pageant conversations. So I'm halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, we have, like you said, family members that we, we can make an impression on these young girls and hopefully be the advocate that tells them, Hey, you see that MTV music video right now with someone like rolling on the ground with their legs spread? Like that's not what you need to be. And it's okay that you don't look like that. You're right. We can reach out to those close and all it takes is impacting. Maybe we impact two or three people mm-hmm. and that's all. And we change those lives. But maybe those two or three people become very influential women that have a much broader reach. All we can do is impact the women that we are surrounded, are by. surrounded by and hope that it has some kind of effect. I agree. And I also feel that the health movement is kind of a trendy thing right now. If you think about like people and and yoga classes and bar class and I'm vegan or I'm vegetarian or I'm paleo. And I know that I fall into that category once in a while because I'm exploring these things as well. But I think a good thing that's coming out of that is people are really listening to and being in tune with their bodies and being okay with themselves and learning what's best for them. And my hope is that our generation of women are starting to kind of make a shift and say, I'm doing what's best for me and you do what's best for you. And if you want to be, if you want to dress with no makeup and baggy clothes, but you also feel great wearing high heels and red lipstick and a beautiful dress, you do you and you do you. And let's all try and live together in, in a way that we just support what's best for ourselves and support each other. Absolutely. Because when women support each other... That's really what it comes down to. Oh, That's really what we need to do as a society. I do think it's really important for women to support each other because if we won't, who will? There are so many people, I believe, that are already trying to make women feel inferior that if we don't rally together, who's going to do that for us? it's not going to happen. No. It's just going to keep going the way it's going. You're absolutely right. I'm going to do it, Liz. I'm going to take a stand. I think we can do that. And I think I've been trying to come up with ways to have our listeners put some of this stuff into practice. Mm-hmm. I think it's about supporting women, taking a stand when you see it, trying to support companies that are doing this right. Taking a step back and knowing that you don't have to be involved in conversations if your friends are talking about things that you don't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that your body is made a very specific way. And if you don't fit the mold, it's okay. Find the things you love about yourself. And I I say that coming from full disclosure, I can't do this. I look in the mirror every day and say, you look nasty. Like that's, those are the things I say to myself. I have very mean conversations. 
but I'm at least to the point where I'm aware that that's a problem. I agree. And that's been a big step because I always just thought, well, everyone hates the way they look. So it, that's funny because we all think that that's the norm. We all think that we are always needing to change something about ourselves. Our skin doesn't look perfect enough. Our abs aren't perfect enough. Our thighs are too big. Our arms are too flabby. You know, like everything we look at in ourselves is an imperfection. And we need to start, I think in all, it really comes down to Mm self-love. And it comes down to saying what you love about yourself. I look beautiful today. I've read in so many of my self-help books that you really have to start talking to yourself like that and just look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm beautiful. I'm perfect. I'm, and it feels so uncomfortable because it's not natural for us to do that. No. What, the, what we do when we look in the mirror, we're assessing what's wrong. And the, but the more that we practice self-love and the more that we decide to become really in tune and in love with our body and in love with our, ourself, then I think what's going to happen is there's going to be an energy that starts surfacing within the, the female community mm-hmm. and it's just going to spread. And people are going to say, I mean, I already see it now. I already see it in like when I go to yoga class and I, and I talk to my yoga instructor or when I pick up these books or listen to other women's podcasts like Katie Dalebout and Simi, the podcast we were listening to on the way home. They have come to a place or they're working on coming to places where they love and accept themselves for who they are and where they can actually say, I feel good about how I look today. And when I hear that coming from them, I feel this, I feel that energy. There's and I say, hope. Yeah, like, and I can say, do it. I'm going to be there too. I can do that. And when I feel that way, then maybe it'll spread to you and then maybe it'll spread to somebody else. And then, you know, it's going to be a huge culture shift. I think also we should compliment each other. I would say take a moment, like if I see you, which I inevitably will very soon, <laughs> take a moment and say, maybe one thing about you that I think is physically beautiful that day. Like, Nina, your hair is so silky smooth today. How did you do it? It looks wonderful. And that would make me feel great. It would because I know (laughs) you don't like your hair. Super curly, which I love your curly hair, side note. Thank you. That's another thing. I need to embrace my natural, you know? Say something, you know, see a friend, say something nice about their appearance because they are sitting there more than likely questioning it repeatedly the whole time they're with you, if they're anything like me. And then also say something maybe that's not about their appearance, but about their personality. That's you the are key, so Liz. kind. You are so smart, and I value your intelligence and you bringing that to a conversation. Say stuff like that. That's the key because ultimately, it's not about the way that you look, it's about the person that you are, it's about what you have to bring to the table. You could be a beautiful gazelle, you could be a beautiful <laughs> antelope. <laughs> but if you have nothing nice to say, or if you're a a mean person or if you are judging others or you have this negative outlook on life, I don't care how beautiful you are. You are not going to be bringing positive energy and positive light into my life. And I don't want to associate with that. I was talking to my mom today about this episode and she said, well, you know, your grandma Belton always said pretty is as pretty does. And Hmm. if you aren't pretty on the inside and you're full of hate, that kind of attitude is going to eventually make its way to the outside. Absolutely. In some way. Because surface level beauty can only go so far. It it really can. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the sad thing is maybe it can get your foot in the door or maybe it can get you noticed, but it's not going to give you anything of lasting length because people see, I want to believe that people see deeper than the way that we look. I understand that human nature and again, the way we've grown up and the way that media has been shoved in our face, we are all going to have to consciously work to not judge people on their outward appearance. Yes. It, it, it Like we talked about, it's all going to have to be about awareness. But I feel like we all know and our true, like our true nature can sense the, the brilliance and the beauty of people in the inside. And that's really what's going to matter. And that's really what's going to bring all of us together in the end. She also had a good point that I thought was interesting. And I want your take on this. She said she recently went to her 40th high school reunion. And she said she actually walked away 
feeling very, very confident about herself mm. because she said she got there and at a certain age, and I, I would like to achieve this well before my mom's age, but she said there comes an age where everyone kind of starts to look the same. Everyone has mm-hmm. wrinkles. Everyone's got the gray. Yep. Everyone's gained a little weight. Or, And she said she came away feeling very part of the norm and much more okay with her appearance because she wasn't... She said, I work all day with young teachers. I mean, my mom's one of the oldest people in her school building. yeah, And so she's working with all these young 30-something-year-olds all the time. She hangs out with like Mm 30-something-year-olds all the time because that's who she works with. And then to see people, all the people that, you know, back in her day were the most beautiful, you know, the popular girls or whatever. And they all look just just like she does. So, So what I'm hearing from that story is all of us want to have some sort of common connecting link between all of us that makes us feel like we're not so far apart right? in this world. And I wish, now going off of what your mom said, I wish that it didn't have to do with looks. My hope is that it's going to not be about our outward appearance that's connecting us, but it's going to be about our core beliefs. I'm not saying like religious beliefs, like we all have to believe the same thing, but that we all inside have the best interests of others at heart. Absolutely. I say absolutely a lot. I should pick a new phrase. I like it. For sure. Right. I agree. And I want to mention also for any men that may be listening to our podcast or any women that have men in their lives, they have their own set of problems. So when I say things in the beginning, like all these decisions are being made by men, they have their own issues to live up to in the media also. They have this whole, they have to be the breadwinner. They have to be powerful. They have to drive the nice car. They have to, they, they have, have to, to be have the ab muscles and the, you know, be clean cut and square. You know, they have their own set of standards that advertising has made them believe. In a lot of ways, they have to be smarter than women, make more than women, right. be more successful than women. Right. And I imagine that and this women shift must for them. want them. They have it on that side too. Mm-hmm. Women need to find you masculine and big and strong and attractive. Zach struggles a lot with stuff because, and I think Cody too, in that they don't fit the traditional male role mm-hmm. in maybe the way that they have been told they should. So same thing goes for them. I mean, on the just on the opposite seat, I think these are very applicable ideas to apply across the spectrum, no matter what your gender situation is. Love yourself. Try not to compare yourself to others. Be supportive of others and turn down hate when you see it. Call it out. I agree completely. I think we're going to get there. I think that the more that we decide that this is important issues to talk about and the more we spread the love, And the more we practice self-love and self-care, I think the closer we're going to get as a society to just being supportive and to accepting everybody for who they are. I feel like we can do some cool things with our generation. And you know, on... I feel good about our generation. On a note that probably doesn't wrap into the closing the way I want it to, but something to think about, people make fun of selfies all the time. And I think embrace the selfie. Take a picture of yourself and love it and be like, I look dang fine in this car right now with my hair looking beautiful. I was going to add something about this topic, not to keep dragging on. We want to keep talking about it. Yeah, but I wanted to add that on the flip side, I think that sexuality can be a very beautiful thing. And I think that if it's coming from a good place where you, again, have put on all of your makeup and have worn a cute dress that maybe accents your assets or you're wearing heels. I wish you could all see the motion that <laughs> Nina just made before she said like assets. massaging <laughs> the breast area at that time. Um, but really, if you are going out for a night on the town and you feel beautiful and confident, I do not think that there's anything wrong with that. No. I think that if it is, again, is coming from a good place and you're not doing it to say, I'm going out because I need a boy to look at me and I need a boy to tell me that I'm beautiful and I need a boy to want to 
ask me out. So I should look like this, 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 mm-hmm. so that I make sure that happens. Exactly. If it's not coming from a place like that, you put on your high heels, girl. You wear your red lipstick. You um, go to your yoga class and work on your abs for you. And you feel beautiful and you feel brilliant. And I think that it's it's all about balance. Every episode, I feel like balance comes up because it's true. Be kind to yourself and- Be kind to be others. easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, don't be afraid to, I don't want to say embrace a little vein, but if you feel confident and great about yourself, that doesn't mean that you're falling into the opposite end of the spectrum where you're like, it's, it is, it's all about balance. It's about loving yourself and feeling confident and showing that in whatever way works for you. All of the above. I completely agree. So I guess in closing, I am going to strive to work on these things throughout the rest of this week, throughout the rest of this year. It's a goal of mine that I feel very passionate about. Um, Number one, to practice self-care and self-love and to really look at myself and not always see my imperfections, but to see the beauty in me and to distance myself and catch myself when I'm in a spot or in a cycle of judging others um, in a way that I believe is cruel and unfair. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel very inspired to make these changes. Yeah, I think we can do it. Baby steps. I don't think any of this is something you can do overnight because it's taken right. 28 years to get to where we're at right now. Right. So small steps. Maybe in 10 years, we can come back to you and say, we finally did it. Yeah. 38. We've made it. <laughs> we no longer think anything terrible yeah. about ourselves or others. Yeah. Okay. Let's be realistic. Not going to get there. But but again, it's all about consciously making the effort to stop, stop the cycle. So we don't have any questions today. I will say that I pulled my mom for a question and she did give me one, but we already addressed it. And I wasn't <laughs> actually seriously going to take a question from my mom. Love you. But we didn't get any questions today. But once I think we launch, we'll have a lot more out there for people to throw out yeah. into the void. Yeah. So as always, guys, if you have questions for us, comments, um, future topics you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at Wine and Shine Podcast at gmail.com. We also are on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Wine and Shine Podcast. We also have Snapchat. What is it? Wine Shine Pod? Wine Shine Pod. Because you can't have too many characters, apparently. So Wine and Shine Podcast is too long. So Wine Shine Pod, it is. And check out our blog, wineandshinepodcast.com. We've got some great articles from Nina that will be up for you to read. Hopefully, some by me too, if I can get to writing a little more. If you care at all about anxiety and mood and meditation and yoga, um, my blogs are probably for you. So go ahead and check those out. We'll also have, as we develop the site a little more, things that we talk about on the show or entrepreneurs we're supporting, women we're supporting. A lot of the things we talk about will make their way over to that website. So please feel free to use it as a resource for anything that we talk about. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Just like us. Just like Mm -hmm. us. I love it. That wraps it up for today. Thank you again for joining us and for listening. Look forward to episode six and sharing that with you in the future. Please remember to review and subscribe. We love having people engage in our podcast on iTunes itself and love to get your feedback and look forward to spending next time with you. Have a great day. See you next time. Bye.